Are you downsizing? Maybe need more room because of additions to the family, or possibly seeking that dream home you've always wanted. Well, Tim Eisner at Royal LePage Atlantic is the guy for you. With a proven track record and multiple awards, Tim goes above and beyond to find out your needs and exactly what you're looking for. So if you're seeking a new home or trying to sell your current one, contact Tim at 902-499-5717 or check him out on Facebook at Tim Eisner. Again, that's 902-499-5717. Trust me, when all is said and done, we'll be saying Tim Eisner strikes again. Hey, happy Monday once again. Hope everybody had a fantastic weekend. Welcome to episode 63 of Outside the Shoot. I'm your host, Randy Frame. This week's OTC Player of the Week comes to us from Arizona as Salen Hawkins takes home the weekly honors. Salen hit 533 with a double, triple, home run, three walks, and got hit by a pitch five times while playing at the Alliance in OKC. I imagine the body needs some ice after those games. Great job, Salen. Best of luck going forward. On to this week's guest, and we sat down and chatted with five-time ISC World Champion, 10-time ISC All-World Selection, and ISC Hall of Famer, Sean Reichick. Sean had an amazing 23-year playing career in the game, which included an eight-year stint on the USA men's national team, producing a gold medal, two silver medals, and a bronze medal. He was twice named United States Olympic Committee Athlete of the Year in men's softball. He was able to walk away with two ASA National Championships, an MVP, and eight All-American selections. And finally, he left the ISC circuit, as previously mentioned, five World Championship rings and 10 ISC All-World Honors. Sean would go on to coach in the NCAA for 14 seasons combined as a head coach at NC State University and Boston University. He amassed almost 450 wins at the two schools. His team captured four conference championships, making seven trips to the NCAA regionals and one trip to the Super Regionals. Four times he was named Conference Coach of the Year. We're going to talk to Sean about getting a start in the game, getting to play down in New Zealand for a season, his time with the U.S. men's national team, his amazing ISC career that led to a trip to the Hall of Fame in 2012, as well as much, much more. Sean was a pleasure to chat with, and it was awesome that Hopi and I got the chance to talk to such a legendary player in our game. So as usual, grab that drink, sit back, relax, because here we go. I've got the world in my palm. Lights, camera, action, it's on. I can't describe what I'm feeling. Ain't never felt this freedom. I've got the world in my palm. <laughs> That's how our weekend's going right yeah. now. <laughs> hey, Dick, how are you? Oh, uh, well, sore. Yeah, why are you sore? <laughs> well, I <I'm>, uh, <laughs> played a few ball games over the Dude, weekend. Yeah. It was Thursday. fantastic, though. Yeah, it was. Great weather. Yeah, and as we spoke about, it's going to be nice. Uh, we'll try to implement some weekend games next year in the league. Absolutely. We had crowds or guys that 
brought their families to watch because typically they can't do that on a Thursday night because it's mm. late. So that was that was exciting. I it, loved it. it. It really was, and yeah. I mean, it helped. The U10s were going on at the same time, provincials. Yes, and, that's right. And uh, I mean, kids come up from the first field there and, yeah, and watch, would watch the and, guys. and it was it was fun it was, it was a different atmosphere than we're used to on monday and thursday night that's and, right and you know as a pitcher i freaking love that yeah you know one <laughs> takeaway i have for the kids coming up to watch is well joel eisner's young fella cam plays and then a friend of mine aaron cannon his young fellow glenn plays mm. and they both pitch well they both wear the gorilla gold in their back pocket because they wanted to emulate the <laughs> older guys <laughs> awesome. when they watch us on thursday nights yeah, yeah it's it's pretty exciting because they want to be us it's, yeah. it's great that's great yeah actually yeah. uh I took the video there for our, our shooter's Instagram account there and right. posted the, oh, the, yeah, kids, yeah. the kids playing. It's, it's great to see, you know? Yeah. yeah. So I just finished, uh, I just announced and kept score for the, the championship game in the, in the semifinal. And the Brookfield Elks uh, defeated the uh, East Dance Mastodons in the final. I think it was, uh, might have been 7-5 or something. It was very close anyway. Yeah. It, it was good. Yeah. yeah. It was good. It was exciting for the U10 Provincials. Yeah. So, yeah. Yeah, you were saying that before we start recording here, Brookfield's had a pretty good year with their Yeah, program. they mopped up their, uh, I think their U14, U12, and U10 uh, teams all won the Provincials this year wow. in Nova Scotia. Yeah. And they were all very close games too with East Ants in the final. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Well, I mean, well, so it's good. It's those, good for competition. Yeah. Those two programs. And actually speaking of other programs, I, I saw West Hans was there this, well, yeah. this weekend. West Hans had a team at the U10 uh, Provincials this weekend. Yeah. Right on. Yeah. Good it was see. good to see them out. Yeah. yeah. And they actually, they won a game too. So they were pretty excited about that. Yeah. Yeah. For sure. Yeah. Uh, speaking of, uh, other things, Eastern Canadians, we have coming up in two weeks. Yeah. I'm excited just to get away with the boys and actually play in a tournament that means something. It's going to be like two years in the making. Yeah, man. It's (laughs) going to be fun. Yeah. Yeah. It's going to be a lot of fun. I think there's seven teams that are going. Yep. Four from New Brunswick, two from home and then one team from Ontario. Hamilton Pirates. Yeah. Yes. Does Tim Coe play on that team? No, I think he's, he was with Waterdown. Oh yeah, you're right. Waterdown Hamilton. It was just weird. He sent me a friend request today. Did he? Yeah. Oh, maybe, Timmy. maybe he's going with them. Maybe he is. Yeah. Timmy, are you going with them? Let us know. <laughs> <laughs> if, if so, we'll see you there. Yeah. 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 Anyway, that's going to be fun. Yeah. The whole, uh, our, uh, what our government has told us, so you have to be double vaccinated in order to come back into our province. Yeah. Uh, or you have to, if you have one vaccination, seven day, um, uh, what am I calling it? Seven day what? You have to quarantine. Uh, quarantine. Sorry. There it is. Yeah. I'm hungover. <laughs> yeah. And if you don't have the vaccination whatsoever, you have 14 day quarantine. So hopefully everybody yeah. is vaccinated for that, for the tournament. Yeah, absolutely. Let's talk about ICs. Oh, amazing. Spider monkey Bradley. <laughs> <laughs> that, one, that was ridiculous. Yeah. Yeah. But, uh, well, first congrats to Hill United yes. and, uh, on their, was that their fourth? Yeah, whatever I, it I forget was. what it was. Yeah. Anyway. And, and New York, of course they had, uh, Great showing there, and you know, whenever those two teams play, it's you're in for a, for a competitive game, and and the finals was like we said, it was awesome. Yeah, it was incredible, and yeah. you know, it's funny because when we talked to Greg Leather, mm. unfortunately, our podcast failed because the SD card was yeah. not the right one. Stupid, or didn't SD, work. Card. Stupid SD. But uh, Greg had said to us because we had asked who's the team to beat at ICs, and he still said it was the Hill United Chiefs. Yeah. So yeah, smart man. Yeah, he couldn't get over them being ranked four. No, like, that's right. Yeah, yeah. So. and congrats to uh, to the New York Rebels as well. They mm. had quite a staggering year. Oh sure. yeah, absolutely. Yeah. I mean, beautiful ball, man. I I love watching that championship yeah. game. Was probably one of the best I've ever watched. Yeah, it was crazy. It was awesome. And you know what else I loved about that ISC coverage? I mean, Blair did oh, a fantastic, fantastic job yeah. doing play by play. Gives the, a shout out too. I love yes, yeah. yes to all, all the podcasts actually. That's right. Um, 
the drone coverage that they had. Yeah, they had that's dr- sick, man. Oh man, I'd love to be able to do that. Yeah, for yeah. sure. It was it was great. We'll have to look into. It. We'll have to steal one from Radio Shack or something. Yeah, let's go. Radio Shack. Radio Shack. <laughs> <laughs> what the fuck that is? 1984. <laughs> anyway, uh, we're talking to a ISC legend today. I guess we are. Sean Reichick. Yeah. The, uh, man, <laughs> the accolades that he's had over his career are mind blowing. Actually, ten yep. time all ISC All World five-time world champion, ISC Hall of Famer. So it's going to be great to, you know, talk to Sean. And It wasn't else a two-time Olympic uh, athlete of the year yeah. for the United States as well yeah. or something yeah. crazy? Yeah, yeah, unreal. So, yeah, yeah. it's going to be nice to... Yeah, I'm looking forward to talking to him. ...hear his uh, career. And, and yeah. he also coached NCAA for right. 14 seasons yeah, as a head coach. So yeah. he gets it from both sides. So you know, right. it's going to be nice to ask him, you know, what, what it's like coaching. Yeah. You know, I, I, one question I do want to ask him is like, you know, what is a typical day like at work as there? As an NCAA coach. Right, yeah. right. So I'd like to know that anyway. Yeah. Anyway, let's let's get to them. All right, man. All right. Have a good one. Okay. <laughs> Yo. All right, here we go. Sean, thanks for coming on the podcast. Yeah, sure. No problem. How are the you and the family making out down in North Carolina? Everything's good. Everything's really good. Um, it's hot as can be. It's the dead of summer down here, but uh, everybody's healthy. Everybody's uh, kind of getting active again. We've been playing baseball. My son, oldest boy, plays travel baseball, so we're at the ballpark a lot of weekends. Nice. But, uh, you know, life is not normal, but mm. we're we're moving. We're doing all right. Right on. How's uh how are the cases down there? I mean, I they rise and drop on a daily basis. I mean, what what's the what's it like down there right now? Yeah, I think you know everybody just went back to school this week, and so we got one week into school. So I think you're going to see things spike a little. Mm. I think a lot of the parents have said that uh you know well there's six cases or ten cases been noted already in the school. So we're, we're worried they're all going to get sent back home and go back to remote learning, but which is not, not good in our hole. So we need people in classroom to, to get things going. But I think, you know, it goes up and down. My oldest boy's been vaccinated. My my small one is just too young yet. So, um, it's just, there's cases a majority of them are still the ones not getting vaccinated those are the ones in the hospital those are the ones that are really sick are the ones not vaccinated so i'm not pushing anything along but it it is the way it is down here is most of the people that are having a lot of trouble are the unvaccinated and there are cases otherwise but we're uh we're, we're avoiding for the most part so it's keeping us safe yeah, for sure. I mean, same here. I mean, the the trouble we're having with the cases is is the people that are unvaccinated. So, yeah. I mean, <laughs> we could go on and on. I mean, we have on here and yeah. it is what it is. I mean, if people want to get vaccinated, get vaccinated. I mean, it, it's going to help you. <laughs> yeah, for sure. Yeah. So, uh must be getting excited for the bill season opener against Steelers next week. I mean, we touched on football right before we start recording here. You got your <laughs> pool coming up, but uh huge Bills Bills fan. Yeah, real excited, especially as good as Allen's first little taste of preseason yesterday, and he just marched him up and down the field like a machine. So, um, you know, back to the COVID thing, though, there's a whole bunch of bills not not vaccinated. So there's a big, just a big worry that's going to interfere with the season. But I'm, I'm I'm excited for it. I like college or I like uh, pro football. I like college football, too. But, um, you know, it's been a long drought for the Bills. I'm old enough to be back to the Super Bowls when they lost their oh, four Super Bowls. Four, <laughs> four, yeah. And I was I was a big fan then. I was old enough. I wasn't a kid. But, 
you know, and then there was a lot of lean years inside there. And so uh, they seem to have it right. They've got a quarterback that's really embraced uh, the city and what everybody in that area and what everybody that kind of roots for the bills is about. And uh, so you can't help excited even as sometimes as burned and, you know, as bad as some of the seasons have been, the, Right now, we're all, all of my my buddies and stuff are all excited, so we're we're figuring it could be a, a pretty good year. We'll see. Well, hopefully, they stay healthy. I think that's the whole key. Yeah, so. I was looking at the the preseason polls, and I think the the Bills are just behind uh, Tampa and and uh, Kansas City. So, I mean, <laughs> it could be their year. Yeah, well, that's where it kind of comes down to this. I, I we were worried about COVID a lot. Me and my friends with the, with the Bills since number vaccinated, because it, it's it kind of goes back to when New England and Indianapolis with Manning and Brady, and it was sort of like whoever had home field was the one that kind of advanced out of that AFC championship game. And so in order to get by Kansas city, you got to somehow host and have a better record. And if you get hit by COVID and miss a few games and, you know, have a good year, but end up having to go to Kansas city for the final playoff game. That's a huge home advantage. And I know if, if anybody's ever been to Buffalo, the, the fans and the craziness that goes on there, that'd be a Bill's huge, mafia. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Right. They, they made, they had, they had uh offside penalties and delay games in a preseason game last night. There was 50,000 people there. So oh, that, that's, yeah, exactly. <laughs> they're, they're just starving for it. And so if you can get that last playoff game in Buffalo, it's a big deal. And we're all just worried that, uh, you know, COVID will, you know, give them a good record. They'll be all right. And maybe Allen misses or something, lose a game or two. And that, that costs them the host, which could cost them the trip to the Super Bowl. So, mm. but uh, it's, it's good to actually be realistic and talk about the Super Bowl with the bills again. Yeah, for sure. Uh, on to some softball now. Um, yep. You, you, uh, you run a business called softball Academy. Yeah. Yep. I opened up a business uh, about two and a half years ago. Um, and uh, we're basically just do, private lessons for oh, mostly high school kids, but there's, there's some younger ones, 10, 12 year olds come in and it, the whole goal is to just get to college. That's the, you know, I know the path I've been there. And so, um, you know, doing pretty good. It, I crazily opened it up and then eight months later, COVID hit and I was, didn't know where I was going to be. I got shut down yeah. for a couple months and I just kept getting phone calls and phone calls through COVID or when you open and when you open it, I'm like, I'm not even opening. I'm growing. And so <laughs> yeah. when I opened the door up, it was just kaboom. I exploded. Oh, wow. And, um, two months ago I hired somebody else to help me. I needed another, I've got another, I've got two lanes in my, uh, my building and I've got two tunnels and I use one and I do some team stuff. So, uh, teams will come in and rent both cages, but I hired somebody that, uh, played for me, uh, at state and coached with me at state and coach, she coached at East Carolina and she's doing pitching and hitting lessons for me. So I've gotten to the point where I'm overflowing and I don't want to start turning people away because I do want to grow the business. So it, it's kind of look it's taking a step back. I'm pretty excited that it's kind of actually kept going through COVID and not really where a lot of business shut down. I kind of grew and I know it's kind of a specialty nook and, and you know travel ball goes on and college recruitment goes on so that that never stops so i'm kind of a supplier to it in a way or at least the kids are trying to get there so business has been good though it's it's nice having your own business i will say that now after all the years of working for somebody it's nice yeah no doubt so was was this like a way of being able to you know help with the game after you were done coaching yeah well when i left when i left state uh i said to my wife i said you know we're really bound by nothing and all the time we dated and all the time we 
were married, there was always a connection to softball, whether I was playing or what university I was coaching at. And we were tied to, you know, well, we can only do this and only can do that. And, you know, well, we'd like to go there, but that job will never be open because they're whatever their coach is there. And, and so when I kind of got done with coaching and it was just a good time for me to just get away, I was, it was time. And, um, I said to my wife, I said, what do you want to do? I said, we can go here. We can go here. We can do this. Your family, my family, this area, that area. I said, our kids are at the right age right now. We're going to have to make a permanent move uh, for high school starts, but we're going to be able to do what we want. And we both kind of said, you know, uh, first I said to her, I said, do you want to move up north? And I got it just about out of my mouth, go back up north. And she said, absolutely not. So I, I kind of took it that there was no snow involved in wherever we were moving. And I said, I really like it here a lot. And she said, well, so do I. And she's like, well, I can get in, you know, get going again with work and things like that. And I, and she said, what are you going to do? And I said, well, I got a plan. And she's like, well, how long have you had this? And I said, for a long time <laughs> in my head, I have a long, long time. I've got some friends that do it and they're very successful. And I think, I've been here long enough. People knew who I am. I was at, you know, one of the premier universities around this area. So it just instantly gives me some credibility. I'm not sure how much my playing career does anymore. It's a long time ago. Um, but I can, I still once in a while grab a bat and say, no, no, do it like this and hmm. let her one rip down the cage. And they're like, ah, oh, okay. <laughs> so, is that and then my, then my back hurts. Then my back hurts for three days. <laughs> yeah. yeah. <laughs> we know the feeling. <laughs> yeah. yeah. But, uh, so we decided, uh, let's, let's, let's stay here. And so we didn't move and we just, we love the area. We love everything about where we're at. And, uh, I searched for, oh, I don't know, six, eight months to find the right building. And, uh, kind of found what I wanted and was able to get it set up. And, um, my wife landed a great job, which kind of put a little bit of concrete in our, where we're at financially and insurance and all that stuff. She's got a great job and, uh, it allowed me to give some time to grow and build my business, which at least I'm a contributor again. So yeah. it's, it's kind of nice, but we just didn't want to leave. It was really nice down here and enjoyed the, the winters here where it's 50, five degrees versus, <laughs> you know, back up North or Boston or Buffalo where I'm from. And, you know, and, and I like snow still and we root for it down here cause we don't see it very often. <laughs> so a couple times a week, a year, it's fine. But, um, you know, on a all, you, all winter basis, you don't have to deal with that snow and it, it got to be pretty nice. So we just decided this is kind of where we wanted to stay. So we built, built the business and kind of built our lives around everything here. Right on. That's, awesome. That's fantastic. Yeah. Well, let's get on to your career then. Uh, Tell us when and where you got your start in the game. <laughs> I started <laughs> Let's go back. chasing. Yeah, well, <laughs> you're gonna bring me back. I started chasing. My dad played fast pitch, so I'm a, you know, a second generation. I remember being at the ballpark when I was six, seven years old, and I love Sundays because <clears throat> Diamond Two and Diamond Three opened up, and you could always kids, you could go over there and have a game, you know, on the old other diamonds with all the the eliminations and stuff went on the main diamond. So mm -hmm. I can remember playing in the dirt and being out there and dragging bats. Somebody's like, where's my bat? Where's my bat? And we're over on the other field with it <laughs> and trying to play things like that. But, um, I, I just was around it with my dad and he played, I never, uh, played with him. He retired. Um, and then when I was 16, um, I got a, you know, played baseball, high school baseball and all that. And it's not like up in, uh, Canada where you get juniors and all that you get to brought up through it really. And 16, um, I got, uh, asked by one of the guys that my dad had played with and he was still hanging on. He says, Hey, you guys, 
like and my son, I'm a, a, a year older. And so I, I'm a year older than his son. And so good friend of mine, we grew up at the parks together. He's going to play, I'm going to play. And we're going to get a couple of the old timers that just want to play in the league. They don't want to travel and play weekends or go to nationals or anything like that. They just want to play Monday, Thursday nights. And this will be a great opportunity for you to start playing fast pitch. And it was sort of, wow. it was still around my area. So at 16, I got out there and started playing and, uh, you know, I had a good mentor taught me how to play uh, first taught me how to play first base at, at softball level versus baseball, which is a lot of difference in the footwork and mm-hmm. how you move. And then, um, you know, played outfield and I was told never to throw home. It was just, uh, they were going to get home score and the runners going to get the second. So at the first year and a half, I was never allowed to throw home on a base hit with a runner on second drove me nuts, but uh, <laughs> just learning the, learning the value of, you know, not letting that kid go to second base yeah. versus trying to throw home when you're not going to get them and just give up one, don't give up two. So, um, spent a couple of years doing that. And then, um, one of the teams in the league, probably the best team in the league, they were a traveling team. They had a few guys that four or five guys in the league that played, or maybe not quite that many, three, four that traveled on the weekends. And then they would pick up different people from all over the place. And they said, Hey, we want you to come and, you know, start traveling on the weekends and playing, which I'm like, Oh my God, that's, that's what my dad did. I loved it. And they go, here's the catch. You need to come play with us in the league too, which I had to make that phone call and say, Hey, I'm leaving teams. And that didn't go over great, but, uh, that was kind of how it all started. And I played for them for a couple of years and my, uh, out of the crazy thing happened out of nowhere. My sponsor got in trouble legally. And so in 1989, middle of June, we were playing a couple weekends, going to be a great summer. And all of a sudden I have no team, nothing. Shit. And me and my buddy, he said, Hey, we bounced around. We went to a few different tournaments, just showed up, tried to jump on. And he goes, Hey, it was, I think it was the July 4th weekend. He goes, there's the queen city tournament in Buffalo. And he says, there's 50, 60 teams there. They run on five fields or whatever it is. He's like, there's always teams looking for somebody up there. Let's just get our uniforms, get up there on Saturday morning or Friday night. I can't remember which one it was. And we, I think we hit two diamonds and they're like, no, no, we're good. And there was uh new Martinsville, West Virginia. And, uh, we walked over there and he goes, Hey, these guys always travel light. Cause they're coming from a long ways. And we're like, Hey, how are you guys doing? He's like, you guys look familiar. And like, yeah, we played for big Ronnie's. That was the name of the team I played for. He goes, Oh yeah, yeah. We're, are you guys in the tournaments? And now we're, we're, you know, looking for a team. He says, you guys need players by chance. And they're like, you ain't gonna believe this. Our shortstop tours ACL. And somebody else dislocated their shoulder and somebody else couldn't make it because their wife's pregnant or something. <laughs> so we got nine guys and one of them's the manager, like the <laughs> sponsor that runs the team. And he's yeah. 50 some years old. <laughs> and so if you guys want to play, we'll take you. And they go, where do you play? And I said, I play first base. And he goes, where do you play? And he says, I play second. He says, okay, perfect. Because our second baseman plays short. So he'll move over. And they go, where, where do you know the bat? I said, I usually bat third on my team. It's great. We'll put you at third. And my buddy goes, well, I bat lead off. So instantly <laughs> we're first and third in the lineup. And so we go and play and we'd play about three or four. And we get down and play in Ashland. We play, uh, I think in Meadville and a couple other tournaments and then maybe somewhere up in just over the border in Canada. And then they said, Hey, we got to qualify for the ISC you guys aren't on in early enough. You had to do it by May or something, but I can't remember what the deadline was to be on the thing. But if we do, we're going to take you and just 
pick you up and nobody will know because we've never won a game in our history of going to the ISC. And I'm, I have no idea what the ISC really oh, no. even is. Right. I'm 21 years old. And my buddy's been, though, he got to go a couple of years before up in Saskatoon in 87 or 86, whatever year it was. And so he's like, man, if we get to go, he says, you're in for a treat of what the real world of softball is like. And so they called us and said, hey, we went through it. We went undefeated. And we're playing, we're going to go to Kimberly in mid uh, second week in August. And I'm like, oh, great. I had no idea. And then I got to Kimberly and my jaw hit the ground and I realized what softball was really like. And so that was 1989. And that was kind of the, how the path started. And I didn't know any better. We had a great tournament. We won our first two games. They never won a game in their history. And (laughs) uh, we won the first two games and we got beat by um, Victoria. Oh, but Payless wow. beat us. That was our third game, Payless. And so we go in the loser's bracket and we play uh, another team from Texas, I think, and we beat them, which won nothing. I think we had a bunch of one nothing games or th- two one games. And then we get Owen Sound. And I'm like, and Undy's uh, not, uh, did Undy throw that? Uh, oh, we throw it Owen Sound. I don't, don't think Brad was there. Okay. But we had Owen Sound, or maybe he was, and yeah, he was there, and we beat him. So we knocked <laughs> off Owen Sound, and so who do we get next? We get Michael White next with uh, wow. Aurora Allsteel in 89, and, and he beat us. So we went 4-2, and two, and I don't remember what we finished, 15th or something like that. And a couple of weeks later, I'm at um, uh, Elkland, Pennsylvania to finish up the season, and one of the guys from Ashland ESS comes by and says, hey, man, great tournament. He made uh, All-World. I'm like, What's that? And he goes, you led the, you know, you led the tournament in RBIs. And I went, Nope, no idea what that stuff. Like I, I ended up making second team all world. Didn't even know. I didn't know that stuff existed or anything. That's crazy. Yeah. And that was my first ISC and it was, you know, it was in Kimberly, which was, I still think the all time best place and the fans and that. And so I didn't know anything. I'm like, I just, well, I just play. That's all I do. I play at third and driving runs and do this and do that. And I didn't realize, you know, we go four and two, they never won a game ever. And then, you know, I lead the turn or I think I was tied with the tournament and RBIs and, and so it was just one of those holy cow kind of things. And, you know, and then I think the next time next year we went back in 90, it was in Victoria. Then I felt the pressure of the place. Cause I was like, God, I can make all world and have these accolades. <laughs> and we got a tough draw up there too. We, I think we had Rempel brothers. We had Robbie Scheller, I think in opening night or something. And he was throwing BBs under the dark and we got beat and we won another game. And then uh, our second game was Larry Miller, Toyota. They got beat up there. And that was Peter's, Meredith's yeah. 60 inning run of scoreless innings. Holy. And he, wow. that was the first time I ever faced him. And it was like, he was throwing a Frisbee up that rise ball. It bounced and it went up and then went up again and went up again. And he <laughs> struck me out a couple of times and threw a perfect, I think he threw a perfect game or a no hitter. And that was the first time I ever faced Meredith. And that was in 1990. I was just 22 years old. And Man. it took me a little while to kind of get my feet. I had some good years, but just not like that first one. Cause I didn't know any better. And then, um, I, I moved teams, so I played a couple of years in West Virginia, and then uh, jumped over to Midland Explorers. Which, uh, or no wait, did I go to Midland? I went to uh, I went to <clears throat> excuse me uh, Ashland, Ohio, and played with Nick McCurry for a year. I think everybody runs through Nick McCurry at right. some point. So uh, I played for Nick, and then I went to uh, Midland and played with uh, the Explorers for a couple of years. And then uh, had some good years, had some good tournaments there. Um, we had Zach and Undy for the ASA one year, which was a lot of fun. Um, 
Yeah, it just that we didn't it have enough. Yeah, <laughs> we didn't have it. enough horses though. We just couldn't, and then we uh, um, just couldn't get over that hump. And then we went to ASA that year, and we had Zach, and we thought, oh, we're, we're this is gonna be it. And Brian Marty hit a home run, and that's when at the ASA they just blind draw you. So we draw the Bloomington Hearts, and Brian Marty hits a change up out of the park off Z and we lose one, nothing. And then we made it all the way back to third place wow. at the ASA. And that was uh 93. And then I made, that was the, those winter I decided uh, I got an opportunity to go to New Zealand. So I went in 93, 94 winter over to New Zealand and spent the winter over there. And it was just kind of just so much fun. And I met a lot of friends and a lot of people, legends of the game over there and uh, end up playing. Um, Hayden Smith kind of got me set up. And then, um, I kind of got connected to Mark Sorensen cause he was on the Cardinals. So I went over and played on the hot Valley Cardinals and, and over in New Zealand and I got connected and me and Mark became friends. And in the off season, I decided this is, this is the part I don't think anybody really knows in 93, right after our Midland, I had a meeting with Jack fireman with the Gators and Jack says, we want you to come play. And I said, I don't know, Jack, how am I going to play? And he says, look, you can go play ASA. He says, we'll fly you up. You can't play in the Canadians, but you can come up. We'll bring you up and you have a good time and just hang out. You'd be a part of the team and then we'll go and win the ISC. And I'm like, God, that sounds like a pretty, pretty good plan. And that was going to be for the 94 season. So we handshaked on, I said, listen, the one thing I always wanted to get is to get to a place where I could actually you know, have a job and play for my sponsor and things like that. He says, if that stumbles across, we'll shake hands again and say, good luck. And you can go your own way. And so me and Jack said, okay, we're going to play for the Gators. So 94, I was supposed to play for the Gators. I made that agreement before I went to New Zealand and I was in New Zealand and Les Siegel called me from all car. And he says, listen, you come out here and play in green Bay. I'll give you a job. I'll give you this. I'll give you that. I actually got Packers tickets thrown in there. I got everything. <laughs> what? <laughs> exactly. I had, sky, I had two tickets to the Skybox in, in Green Bay. And I Jeez. said, oh, my God, this is what I wanted. I wanted a job that goes so I have a job in the offseason, not just yeah. you know trying to figure it out. And I called Jack up, and he says, good luck to you. He says, that's awesome. Good for you. And then so I went off to New Zealand, and Pencor fell apart, or I think it was an HCD then. So I was kind of recruiting out in New Zealand and I was playing with Mark and I said, come play for us, Mark. And he's like, Russ Boyce is, you know, going to coach you coach with, played with Russ at NHCD and all that. And Russ called me. He's like, you got to get Mark. I said, I'm doing my, my job right here, Russ. I'm doing everything I can to get Mark here. <laughs> and Mark says, you're going to be in for a while. I said, this is where I wanted to be for a while. And he says, I'm going to make a commitment to him. He says, we're going to go do this. And he says, cause he says, I don't know if you know this, we just got Undy kind of committed too. And I said, Holy cow. I didn't know that. I said, and we had Paul Algar, but now we got Undy committed too. And a couple more of the pieces were falling in place. And he goes, Russ thinks Steve shots going to play with us. And so Russ was putting pieces together on this team. And so we went and Mark committed with me and we we're all going to all car. And then, you know, along that path, um, to the, we won in 94 was the year we won at Prince Edward Island, our first, my first ISC. And it's always kind of, kind of crazy to think about this. I beat the Gators. Yeah, I was going to say, yeah, you I beat the Gators. That's right. And I had the, and we were down one, nothing or down a run. And I had the triple with two outs <laughs> to tie it up in the bottom of the seventh. Wow. And then, then a couple of later, Colin, yeah, yeah, Colin drove me in and we won. Yeah. How and special so was I that? Always, uh, it was always, I, no many people really knew that, but I was committed and 
you know, going to play for the Gators and then in the back end of things. And I know me and Jack talked about it. I go, Jack, I, and he goes, listen, it's just one of those things, how it worked. And he says, I, I don't regret it. He's a good luck to you. And I spent the next four years in, uh, green Bay. And, you know, so I get a lot of respect for Jack over the years as a sponsor and just a good friend of mine. I didn't know him great and personally, cause I never was around him every day. I know all those Gators like Brian Patton and Chuck Hendricks and Adam Smith and those guys, right. those guys, he was, he was a one of the best sponsors they ever had. And they, you know, loved playing for Jack. And I, and I could, I could figure out why, because he was loyal to him and he was a good guy. And so I had nothing but great things to say about Jack fireman over the years. And, you know, and, and, but it was really, he was very, he didn't try to talk me out of it. He says, Hey, we, we agreed on, there was nothing on paper. It was just a, yep, no problem. Good luck to you, Sean. And, and so Jack let me go. And then I, when I talked to him afterwards, he's like, you dang you. And, you know, and I'm like, I know it. I just, how does that happen? Jack like that? And he goes, I don't know. It's, it's just funny how this game works. And I said, ain't that the truth? So, but that was, got me to, to all car. And mm. I had some really good years there. Les Siegel was an amazing sponsor, one of the great sponsors. And then even to go back, I, I was so fortunate my whole career to have sponsors. And I think that's what ultimately killed the game is the lack of them. Right. Uh, but I, I had great sponsors. I had in Midland, it was lefty Bardos who raised all the money there. And, mm-hmm. and then you go back and uh, Nick McCurry, uh, you know, putting things together with his small budget. And he had, he probably had the best, if he could put his all-star team together, he'd probably win the IC every single year. If he could put every player that ever came through his backyard, <laughs> yeah. uh, together on a team, he could, he would have had amazing teams. And, you know, so it was just a, an amazing I was so lucky to have that. So, but, uh, yeah, it got me to 97 and then, uh, I know there was some kind of rumblings that all car might be done. And that's when I jumped to 98, I jumped to the smokers for a season and that was, it was some awesome guys. I had a lot of fun that year with the guys. Oh, Marty, uh, really Marty was like, there with you, wasn't he? Uh, yeah, Marty yep, was, he was there. Him. Yeah, he was there and, and Zach was there. So oh, not a bad right, yeah. staff. No, I'm pretty good. Yeah, we, yeah, we won. <laughs> we won that year. <laughs> we we won in '98 at, at Kimberly again. So it was really good for really cool for me to go back to Kimberly where it all started for me and win. And we had gotten beat in '96 by the Smokers at with All Car when we got beat opening weekend and we made it all the way back and the Smokers beat us. So to actually win at Kimberly for me was kind of cool. Cause that's still the place, like I said, it opened my eyes to softball. So the smokers, I had a good time with uh, all the guys. I loved them. Pete was good to me. Mm. Um, just, you know, it was different. Obviously it was, uh, just a different atmosphere and a different thing, but you know, good, good time with the guys. We always had opportunity to win games. That's for sure. With the talent we had. And that was the part I think I was so lucky with over my career is the guys were so God, I had guys that wanted to win. It was so, uh, so fortunate. A lot of national team members from all over the world, but guys that wanted to win. And I think that, uh, for me was definitely what I wanted. I really, you know, the, just, I wanted to win as much as I could and be on successful teams. So in 98, uh, was with the smokers and then that they fell apart the next year. And I jumped on indicator and another great organization, uh, moved down there, was there for a while, won another ISC there, won an ASA there, um, had an ASA with all cars. Well, um, just really awesome 
awesome time in Decatur and then uh, eventually up to Wisconsin. And that's where I kind of stayed with uh, Tim Sonatag and County Materials, County Concrete. We changed names a couple of times, but uh, another phenomenal sponsor, been in the game 30 years and kind of wrote out my career there. Had a couple almost, I think we got beaten in the finals a couple of times. And then the last two years of my career, um, we won back-to-back ISCs. So um, got five of them in total, which was pretty awesome. Uh, <laughs> I know how hard it is. Yeah, <laughs> it, it know how hard. And, and, you know, it was, I, I look and I see some things that are going on online and, and see that softball's playing. And then I hear the, the, the people talk about the glory days. And I, I think I caught it in a really good time. I think mm-hmm. if you go back a little to the early eighties might've been the absolute prime, but be in there right at the end of the eighties and through the nineties and, you know, to face somebody like Zach in his prime and things like that. One of the greatest hitter pitchers of all time, yeah. uh, that, that was pretty amazing to go through it and to win during that era or be good enough at that time to play at that level during that era. Uh, really look how, how fortunate I was and uh, you know, how great the game was to me. Yeah, no doubt. I mean, that the your last couple of years there with County Material, I mean, that must have been pretty special for you. I mean, especially to go out on top because I mean, yeah. That last it, year it, that last year was pretty crazy. You guys you guys went 47 and 3 and won all seven tournaments you were in. <laughs> that was stupid. It was <laughs> it was unfair. just stupid. <laughs> it, and and honestly and, and not knocking um our, our our three losses were like the three losses came um like in the round robin tournaments where we already had first base clinch, first place clinched. Oh, yeah. And so we, and I think Carl Golan was our third and I think he took all three losses and all, they were all like one run games. They could have very well, we could have won them. It was never, we were never, I don't think we lost. I, I honestly, I think they were all one run games and, wow. and, and he pitched, I mean, he was a good pitcher. I can remember, I think that year or the year before we beat, um, we won in Aurelia and he pitched, he was probably our best pitcher that weekend. And so uh, he, uh, that was, they were just some crazy years uh, that, but that last year's team, I mean, it was just a, a different group of guys. Again, we've cycled a few new guys, but the core was there. And mm-hmm. just, again, the guys were committed to winning. And that, that was the part I think I was so lucky. If you look at the guys, I mean, that was so I played with some of the greatest guys, softball players in the world. I played with Bill Boyer, I played with Mark Sorensen, played with Colin Abbott, Darren Zach, Mike White, Todd Martin. Those guys were my teammates. And and like those are the absolute best in my era. And I got to play on the same team with them. Yeah. And so I, I was so fortunate to kind of be mixed in with those guys and 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 then to have a good career and be successful too, not just ride the coattails. You know, you you had to belong in that group. Right. And I was so I mean, me, Mark, and Colin were on the same lineup. I always think about that when we were in green Bay, that was, um, I batted one and Mark and Colin batted three and four. And like, that was, that was, and then, yeah, that was our part of our lineup. But then you kind of go to other years and you had Thomas McKee at one, me at two, Mark at three, Jared Martin at four. And like, just like, when does this stuff stop? Like (laughs) the, I think we counted one year. We had 10 national team members on a team one year Wow, and not, not counting the pitchers. And so wow. <laughs> the lineups were loaded at times. I was, that's why I was blessed with great sponsors and, you know, and I, I always felt that I owed the game something in a way for how good it was, was to me. And, and it really was. And, you know, the, the friendships I made and just the guys, we're all on the same page. Everybody mm. that I played with on the last 
10 years, 12 years, uh, there was only one thing and goals and it was to win. And that was like a brotherhood. We all knew, understood, look, we have to come together as a team and get tight and fight for each other. And that was always a challenge with different, you know, we had the Kiwis and there was some battles with Canada, the Canadian guys. And so some of our guys were getting drilled (laughs) and we got Canadians, we got Argentinians, we got New Zealanders, we got Australian, we got the U S and how do we go put this whole mix? You've got a little inner national <laughs> battle going on. Be Canada, New Zealand hitting Brad Rona hitting uh, Patty Shannon. Yeah. And now guy, we got Canadians on a team like that were after some of the fights that went on in New Zealand. And it's like, how do we manage all this? And, you know, I think the guys were so professional and, and were so driven by what we did. We just kind of banded together and said, look, right now we're brothers. Yeah. You, when we leave here, you go back to your blood, you go back to your nation, whatever it is. But right now we're brothers and we're going to fight for each other. Look, we're not going to start the fights, but we're gonna make sure nothing happens to you. If you start fighting, you ain't gonna worry about anybody bailing out on you. We always kind of said that if, if something breaks out, if you decide to go to the mound, look, you're on your own there, but nobody's going to get you from behind. We're going to make sure that, and that, that was, whether it was a U.S. guy, Canadian guy, whatever, nobody was getting you from behind. We just, we had each other's backs and that you might go get your butt whooped or you might mm. whip somebody's butt, but you won't have to worry about somebody jumping in behind or getting smacked behind. And you know, somebody just going, well, they owe you one. So I'm not going to do anything. That was never that, that everybody, we were together. So, yeah. um, you know, I think the guys were awesome. Yeah, but that's huge for team chemistry. I mean, team chemistry yep. wins you championships, I find. It was funny you bring up chemistry. We had one year in, in county, um, the first weekend out, we always we we had some good managers too along the way. And they're like, Hey, you know, Russ Boyce was kind of the the original and there was a few people that coached me off of Russ's tree, Johnny Becker, Tim Lyons. And so um, you know, Russ always said, you know pick and choose your nights. Don't get your days and nights mixed up. But he always had, look, first weekend of the year, go let it rip. <laughs> and we all went out and had, you know, got up the next morning. We're all hung over and hurting. And the next weekend we show up and somebody, we were talking about the team chemistry and this and that. And so I think Chris Ke- uh, Kiefel from uh, Australia printed up shirts and just counting materials. And on the back, it said chemistry That was the, <laughs> wow. the th- right on it. Just wow. said chemistry. And we all knew what that meant. And, um, because it, it was important to everybody. I think that was, you know, the, the good news was the guys knew the building blocks of what the season needed. And, you know, yeah, we need talent. We need pitching. Everybody knew that we had it. And then the other element is how we're going to get along. What's our chemistry as a team. So, you know, Hey, what are we going to do? Well, I want to do this. I want to do that. Guys said, look, let's just, we all knew it. We needed to do stuff together. And sometimes you need to kind of Okay, fine. I, let's. We're not going out, or we're doing this. We're all going to go do this as a group. It'll be better for what we're after, anyways. Mm-hmm. And so, guys would do some sacrificing, you know, their own agendas, and sometimes some family stuff, just because they knew how important that was. And it was sort of the un. Nobody. It just we all knew that had to be a part of the. We had to have good pitching. We had to have good chemistry, or you weren't going to win. And so, guys just worked a bit at it, and it just. I don't know. We managers were good about picking the right guys too. They did a really good job kind of meshing everybody and, you know, not just the best players, but the players that fit together and had the same goals. So that was kind of nice too. Right on. May, uh, tell us about, uh, you know, getting the call that you'd be inducted in the ISC hall of fame in 2012. Pretty cool moment for you and your family. I imagine. 
Yeah, really cool. I, I think just uh, one of those uh, uh, accumulation of, you know, I, I was always good at stepping back and and seeing, you know, where I was and, you know, how things had went. And, you know, by, by that time, I knew I had a really, you know, I knew I had a good career and, you know, successful and just moments through the years that really mattered in the game. And, and I had those good key moments and some successful ISCs and things like that from a hitting standpoint. So um, just it, it was sort of that, you know, what you were always thinking, it was right. You, you knew you had a good career. You knew it. And again, then I look back and you see the names and the history and then you kind of get a little misty eyed realizing that you, you belong in that fraternity. Like I said, I remember watching Bill Boyer play kind of when I was still on the younger side and like, Oh my God, I want to run the bases like him and, you know, seeing guys pitch and hit and do things like that. So to kind of get put in that group of who else is in, you know, Sorensen and some of these guys. And there were some guys that went in after me like, Oh, that was a no brainer. That guy was going in because he was, what a guy, what a study was when I played and, but to see some of the history of it and, you know, some of the guys that kind of laid the, the groundwork down for softball to continue to grow. And so it was just, it was, it's just a really, really good moment for me. Um, just uh, kind of, I think for my family that all the years and missed, missed, uh, uh, family reunions. I missed a cousin's wedding and they're like, well, why can't you just come later? I'm like, listen, this is 94. I missed my, my first cousin's wedding and she, we grew up together and I'm like, sorry, I'm got to go to the ISC. And they're like, it's just a softball tournament. Nobody really got it. And then this kind of made everybody go, Holy cow. That actually was, uh, quite a bit bigger than just going on a softball weekend and messing around. And I'm like, yeah, it really was. It was a, it was a job. It was a career. It was a lifestyle. It was just who you were for about 20 years. And, you know, that, that, that part I loved and I loved that life and, you know, that kind of that every weekend and that thought in the winter time, thinking about it and can't wait till it, but it's sort of, that's what that call was, is just that accumulation of all that stuff that you did and gave up and sacrificed and left and went away from your friends and went somewhere else to play and did this. It was all worth it. And it was just kind of that final stamp of approval that you made the right choice. Right on. So what led you into the coaching? Um, I was in Boston. I had, uh, I was still playing obviously. And, uh, I, well, I was playing in Decatur and, um, I was playing with Aaron Earlywine at the time and I didn't know Aaron, but the first year we were all in Decatur, I find out that he's an assistant coach at Georgia tech university. And I'm like, dang, that that's a gig. And, and he had been a baseball coach, <laughs> you know, he had been a baseball coach, um, before. So he coached, um, I think division three baseball division two. I don't even know what level he had coached baseball, a college baseball, and he was a head coach. And so I don't know what got him to go to softball. And I'm like, wow, that's awesome. And I just was prying, prying him from information. And how do you get into that? How do you do this? And how do you do that? And he's like, you know, well, my story is a little different because I coached baseball and kind of after college and did this. And so I got in the college coaching a little differently and then it transferred, you know, transferred over to softball. And that was when we were in Decatur. And that winter, um, I got kind of connected to the university at, in Decatur, uh, Millican University. And I had already coached a little bit of high school 
with a friend of mine and we actually won a state championship in New York at my, um, my high school. And so I went back and helped him and, and went in the off season. So, um, I kind of got a little taste of, but high school is so different and it's mm. just, it's sometimes painful in a way to, with just kids not committed to it, you know, they're just having fun and right. it's part of their whatever. And then, so I got an opportunity to coach uh division three uh, softball and no pay, nothing, just give your time up. And, uh, it was so much fun and go out there and teach everything and anything I could. And the kids are, you know, they're, they're seeing me play. They come out and watch me play on the weekend. And then I come back on Monday for practice and they're like, Oh my God. I'm like, what? Like that. I've never seen anybody throw so hard and other division three girls and they've never been around it. And then just the level. And they're like, what else? Teach us something coach. And, and it was just like their head coach is like, Oh, go ahead. He, he was just a, more of a volunteer in a way yeah. he, he didn't, wasn't a lifelong coach. He was division three. It was 25 years or 20 some years ago. It was different then. Mm. And so he was, a he, he knew what he was doing, but then again, what I was doing was just so much different. And so he's like, go. And so I just basically had free reign to do anything I wanted. And we, it was awesome. We didn't have the pitching. Unfortunately, we had the hitting and we had the fielding and we played defense and, but the kids learned and they got excited about it. And I started firing resumes out and this and that. And, uh, I actually got a call and was talking to, um, St. Bonaventure university in New York, which is about 20 minutes from my hometown. And I was known the coach there for, we played, I played against his brother he was a couple of years older than me. We had played softball against each other in the league back in the day. So I knew him pretty well. And he's like, Hey, if you want to come back here, um, I got a spot for you. And so I went back to New York, my hometown and living in my hometown and, uh, coached at the local university division one and coached there for a while and was playing, still playing softball in the week, you know, traveling in the summer and doing all that. And, uh, towards the end of the fall, um, I got a phone call from Billy McDonald who played from Boston, uh, who played with the sea dogs and a bunch of different teams, uh, uh, OTB, the old OTB Middletown, uh, yeah, Middletown team, all that with, uh, Tom McAvoy back in, and he played with them for a lot of years. And, um, he's like, Hey, why don't you come to Boston to coach? And I'm like, huh? what are you talking about? He says, I'm the assistant at Boston and Amy Hayes, who heard was from Decatur. She knows all about you. She saw you play and blah, blah, blah. And so I ended up taking the job at Boston university as an assistant and just through kind of through Decatur connections and just this and that, and then through uh, softball connections. And there, so I went out to uh, Boston for two years and that was where I first got into really kind of paid and recruiting and that whole life. And then my head coach at Boston, um, came to me at the end of the season and said, Hey, I've got an opportunity to go to university of Oregon as an assistant. And I want to go back out in that, uh, Northwest area. I've been out there before and that's where I'm, so I'm leaving BU. And she's like, I'm gonna do everything I can to get you the job. And, um, I'm like, I'm, I'm in, I only got a couple of years of coaching experience, but a ton of playing experience by then. And, um, I had about three or four parents write letters and they said, it'd be awesome if our daughter could play for him and blah, 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 blah. So there was a combination of a people that got me that job Wow! and I got hired there and I 
I lose the year now, 2004, maybe it was three. I, I can't remember the year exactly. Mm-hmm. Um, but I got hired and that was how uh, I got that job. And I was a head coach there for eight years and we were pretty successful. Won, won some championships, got to the NCAs, were successful uh, in the NCAA. Actually, every year I was there, I think we went five, four or five times the NCAA with conference championships because uh, there was no at large. We were a small school, so right. we had to win yeah. our tournament. And uh, um, every year we were there in the, in the NCAs, we won games uh, and uh, got to the regional finals one time. Uh, that was to go on to the um, super regionals. So didn't make it at Boston and then got a phone call one way uh, after another real successful season. And it was the AD at NC state and they offered me the job to come down here. And uh, I was here, I was head coach here for six years and we had a couple really, really good years, a couple injury years, uh, made it to actually, this is another crazy story. We, um, the first year I was there, we get beaten the regional final the second year we win the first game and then had to get beat twice we got first year we played tennessee and got beat by them in the to go to the winner's bracket and then we had to win twice on sunday we got beat right away and we were done the next year we go to georgia and they're number four in the whole country and we beat them so now we got to get beat twice on sunday which we did (laughs) and then then the next year we get um we go to James Madison and they're hosting and we knock them off. They were like 14th in the country or 16th in the country. Take that back 16th in the country. And they get kind of a little bit rattled getting beat by us at home. First time they ever hosted and we knock them off. So we go to super regionals and I get sent to Oregon and hello, Mike white. (laughs) (laughs) And they were number one in the country. And so, but for a brief moment, we were ahead. We had a leadoff home run to start the whole super regional off. And oh, for wow. about three or four innings, we're at one nothing. And I think they beat us like five, two and eight, three or something in the two games. We, they were way better than us. They yeah. were number one team in the country and they were, the, they were the number one seed. I don't know if they're a number one team, but they were number one seed in the country. And, uh, they were just, we had a good team, but they just had some too big horses for us. Wow. So, and then we had a couple injury years and then kind of come to the end of, uh, just, it was time for me to get away. It, things got hard, didn't get along with my AD and we just parted ways. I had a buyout in my contract. They bought me out. And, uh, that was kind of the beginning of the story of how I'm still here in North Carolina and getting to my own business. And it just, it was, you know, over the course of time, you change your coaching style with the kids. They, you know, it's not like I remember as a kid in the old days, like playing little league football, when they wanted you to do something, they grabbed you by the face mask. They basically (laughs) flew you over to the spot, told you to block him, threw you on the ground, kicked you in the butt. And you said, yes, sir. And then you executed it just like they told you. Yeah. And so that was how I grew up. And, and not that I had some good managers that were very, you know, good at Denny Bruckert and Russ Boyce. They loved to communicate. And I thought that was their strength. And so I was a good communicator as a coach, but it's like, got to change, got to change again. God, you yelled at everybody. And now they think you're a crazy guy and like got to change. And I think it was the, at this time. And it was just, I don't want to change again. I, I not, I, I just, I'm not sure I want to change and, and then to get away for a little while and have some peace come back. And it's a stressful job. It mm-hmm. is. It's, it's almost got to the point where you, you aren't happy. You won. You're just relieved. 
And so the, the fun of it died a little bit. And for me, even like you have a big win and you're like, Oh, thank God. Just going to go. I'll be able to sleep tonight. Mm. Tomorrow I'll go back to not sleeping again, but at least tonight <laughs> I'll sleep a little early in it. You know, recruiting is harder and harder. And it just, it was, I think just, I don't know if I was worn out, but I needed out it for then anyways, whether it'd be go somewhere else and be an assistant or whatever. So I had my buyout and I was under contract for a couple of years still. And that allowed me some time to kind of get the business going kind of for me and my wife to fall into our, you know, onto our feet with her getting a really good job and kind of getting some stability for us. And, and then it just kind of, you know, somebody, Travis Wilson, actually at Florida state, All right, uh, yeah. we were in the same conference. We're good friends. And I still talk to, you know, I talk to a lot of people and that's nice for my business. And I'm still connected to the college game and college people and coaches. And, um, but I, uh, um, he asked me, he says, you're going to come back. And I said, I don't know. I said, it'd have to be absolutely perfect. Yeah. It would have mm. to be the perfect storm. You know, I'm, I'm in an area here. There's three division one co- colleges within, you know, 15 minutes of my house. So, I never say never if, you know, a new head coach came in and it was somebody I knew really well. And they said, Hey, we want you to do this. And that would, I'd have to probably lose my business or at least turn it over to my assistant now, or I don't know, have to get sell it or something, but it, it never completely leaves my mind, but I, I, it would have to be really, really good because I'm, I'm successful. You know, if I want to take tomorrow off, I make a couple phone calls and I take tomorrow off. Yeah. I want to go out fishing tomorrow. <laughs> I take, I want to take the week off. I take the week off. I want to go home at, you know, to New York at Christmas or my kids got a baseball game and it's a Friday, Saturday. We'll take, I, I run everything that I do in my life now, job wise. You know, I want to make a lot of money. I work Saturdays. I don't, I got to take a little break. I'm getting tired. I take a day off. I, I can completely control. I've had a couple of times where some people come in and say, well, we want to do this. And I'm like, that's not how it works here. Well, hey, you should run your business this way. And I said, look, I appreciate your desire to come in here, but I'm not going to give you guys lessons and out the door they go. And I don't have to answer to an AD or an administrator yeah. or it's my, my decision, you know, how I run my business and how I run my life now. And, and I like that control. So that would be pretty hard to, to give up right now. And so, and I don't want to move cause my kid, my son's in ninth grade and my other one's in fifth grade. So my kids are kind of, kind of locked in at least for another 10 years of wanting to be here. And maybe then and it's time to retire on a lake and a boat or something like that. <laughs> I don't know. We'll see what happens in 10 years, but, um, you know, that's kind of where we're at is just, I'm pretty happy with, with where I'm at. I, I there's some days I miss coaching. I do miss softball. I, mm. I, 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 I do miss softball. That's the one thing I'm in a part of an element to, of it. It's great, but I do miss being at the ballpark and it doesn't mm. mean college. I sometimes people like, I like, God, maybe I should just go help out once in a while with the travel ball team. Mm-hmm. Just, just be like that volunteer guy that shows up four or five weekends and gives us two cents. And, you know, maybe he's at a national tournament with the team and helps out. And I, I miss the game. I miss getting out there and going, Oh, if you would have just done this and this in this element of the game, you would have really had an opportunity for some success success. And, but I, I miss that part of the game. And, the, the competition every now and then I miss and, but there's again, the days and the, the college, the college grind of recruiting. And I, I didn't mind being on the road, but sometimes the, the struggles of getting your butt whooped by somebody else stepping in and taking the kid you wanted and you put all that work in, but they're a bigger name than you. And they just pull her away. <laughs> like there's nothing to it. Like I'd be put months in on somebody. You're like, yes, we got her. We got her. 
Oh, Texas is here. Oh yeah. Never mind. We'll see you later. Like yeah. God, they they spent five minutes with you, and I've been with you two months and found you, and and so sometimes that 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 yeah, that's gotta be frustrating. Yeah, and so I don't miss that. Mm-hmm. I don't miss that meeting. Oh, you got to meet with the AD tomorrow, and then you have your meet weekly and this, and you got to do- deal with the budget, and you got to meet with compliance. And this kid got herself in trouble over the weekend. You got to punish her, and three kids are struggling in grades, so you got to go meet with the academic people, and and then you got to do this, and it just that part I don't miss mm-hmm. the, the softball part I I miss on the field, but that I don't right. Actually, one thing I wanted to ask before we get on to the the final segment here that we end every podcast with, I want to, what was a typical workday like for you during your like coaching career? Like, like during the season, what would like a typical workday be like? Yeah. So Mondays were off usually. So if we're into the season, there's, there's a couple out like early on you're traveling to tournaments. So like usually I'll give you kind of the, the, week or a couple of weeks. So in January, you come back from Christmas break and you got about four and a half weeks till you play. And so it's five days a week of practice. So I would get in the office, not super early, but I think I'd get my kids off to school and then, then I would usually drop one off and then go to the office and you get there and it's probably some practice planning, find out what happened over the weekend. Did anything come back and you'd have some meetings, you'd meet with your AD, you might meet with compliance. You'd have requirements that weren't softball related. The budgeting and the scheduling was all long done. So everything was kind of in a plan where you're just now it's about practice in January. And so you would plan practice with your assistants and depending if recruiting was going on to a certain extent, send some emails, millions of emails to either respond to or move on every day and get to practice. You need about three hours uh, at practice on the fields. And then the kids would either have lifted early in the morning or they'd lift afterwards, depending on what the schedule was. And so sometimes I get back in the office, kind of do a recap of what the practice was, talk to the assistants, kind of well, this kid doesn't look like she's where she needs to be. And, you know, just deal with whatever happened at practice and then write some notes down tomorrow. We got to do that again. That was awful. (laughs) And then, you know, there's six, you know, there's an email from somebody that needs some attention somewhere in the department. You got to do something next day. So you either send a early warning on that out or something, and then, uh, go jump into lift and watch them lift and work out a little bit. Um, depends on just the time. Sometimes there are different things will come up. You'd have to, I got to get this, I got to get this uh, recruiting thing. I got a meeting coming up and I got to have all my recruits kind of laid out for the AD. So they know what, where we're at, who we're recruiting, what's up to speed with this and that. And there might be something with meeting of the Wolfpack club, or you get a couple phone calls to return and you go home seven, eight o'clock at night and then you do it again. And then once the season started, was good. You'd have play on. So a lot of times you travel, um, on Thursday and then play Friday, Saturday, Sunday. So Thursday might be on the road and then you play your weekend, you get home, you'd have Monday off that had to be an off day and you got Tuesday, Wednesday, and then on the road again, Thursday to Sunday and then back. And then you might host a tournament, which, which was a lot of work. And this is all in the springtime before the, really the, the conference played. And, and then, once it got warm enough here after about three weeks, you'd throw in there a Wednesday night or Tuesday night single game doubleheader. And so those were fun sometimes because just a little different element. You could 
pick and choose the schedule. So sometimes you'd realize like, Oh yes, we got a pretty weak team coming in tonight. <laughs> Just going to be, you, you, there's going to be a little bit of, you know, you come out and you jump them for three and you, you got a good team and they jump them and you got your good pitcher going and then she's out and you bring somebody in and it's just like a good night. A lot of kids played, a lot of kids hit. We look good. Everybody's happy. So midweek, Hey, great. And then you realize, yeah, but we've got uh, Florida state this weekend for three games and they're ranked sixth. <laughs> yeah. You're like, geez. So then the, then the, you know, and then you're trying to watch and scout, talk to other coaches. You're watching film. That's, that's kind of what it changed a lot. And when I first started, there was no film. And then you get where you can pick up every game that was on, uh, you know, ESPN or watch it back or, you know, you're still talking to other coaches trying to get scouting reports to really, but you could watch game after game. And it's like, there's Florida state six times. And so now you're trying to just watch as many at bats and your assistants are doing the same. And you're like, Hey, so-and-so is pretty good. And then I can remember calling Travis up once and I said, Hey, how good is that Warren kid you got? And this is, I'm calling him up. And he says, he's a dude, wait till you see her. I'm like, Oh yeah, I can't wait this weekend. He says, seriously, she is something special. Who's that Jesse? And this is a, Jesse Warren. Yeah. Yep. And I can remember this phone conversation with him and I'm like, dude, he goes, I said, did you do it? And he goes, hell no. <laughs> he says, yeah, he says we did our part, but this kid came with the goods and she was, she was a stud. We had Florida state beat one, one year. Um, the, not the first, we beat them the first year they've come into our, my very first year in the ACC. Um, we played them. They beat us three times at our place and we get to the ACC we finished second somehow in the league. We got a big break on the last weekend to go from like uh, fourth to second, which put all the teams that we had gotten beat by bad into the other side. And the teams we actually beat were on our side. And I don't know how it wasn't like it was, those are the teams we just somehow played better against. And so we get to the final and we beat Florida state one, nothing at their place. My first year at state. And that was ACC championship. So I have the, in all of the ACC and every single sport, I'm the only coach ever to win an ACC championship in his first year. Wow. Which is that's basketball, baseball, anything. I'm the only one that's ever won one in the first year, which you, that's most of the crazy. time though, when you get, yeah, most of the time when you get coaching changes, it's because somebody got fired. Right. Yeah. So, so most coaches are taking over a crappy program, which I did. We were 14 and 30 the year I took over. And then we flipped it to 30, I don't know, 34, 38, something like that. And 15 or 20 that, that second year or the first year that I took over. And wow. so we had a big flip. Um, we had a nice pitcher here that we developed and had a hitter that we developed and kind of had the pieces of the puzzle, uh, that just, they just needed it. They needed something new and that's all they needed. And we had a good team. But, uh, um, I remember that phone call with Travis going back to him when Jesse Warren was there. I said, how good is she? He said, dude, wait till you see it. And I think she hit about five home runs that weekend. And then a couple of years later, I think maybe the next year we were playing at Virginia tech and we play, we win our first game. And I think this is the semifinals of the ACC tournament. And we go up four five, nothing. And Warren hurt her ankle. And she was like literally hobbling through this whole tournament. And she doesn't start the game against us. And it's, it's like a, 10, 11 game back and forth, which wouldn't think would happen, but both teams are smacking it all over and they had all American on the mound and we were just hammering on her and they hammered on our good kid too. And so it was back and forth. And I think we're up to bases loaded two out. And all of a sudden here comes just Jesse Warren off the bench 
And it's like a Kirk Gibson moment where I'm like, Oh, I know exactly <laughs> no what is going to happen. Yeah. I knew exactly. I just knew exactly what was going to happen. I do my, my get this sick feeling. I'm like, I should just walk her, but they would probably, you know, fire me to walk that, you know, like you just don't do it in the girls game. And she hits a ball in the opposite field gap and plates all three. I think she got a single on it because she couldn't run, yeah. but she cleared the bases and then they got a couple and they beat us. And I'm like, God dang kid. But she was good. I, Never so happy to see her uh, leave and graduate, but she was really special kid. But um, yeah, that you try to get watch over over the course of your week. You're trying to watch film, and then you run across a kid like that, and you're like, "What mm-hmm. is that about?" So uh, I can remember that phone call after watching some film one week, going, "Oh God, that's that's not going to be any fun." And they hammered on us, but um, yeah, that's kind of your routine. You just uh, practice you get Mondays off and usually we have Mondays cause there's just so much stuff to do yeah. to get prepared for the weekend. Well, that might be my video day where I watch some film to kind of plan the week and you know, Mondays were, and sometimes I, I towards there was, you know, I got better and better. Or I, like, Hey, I'm not coming in, but I'm just going to watch everything on my iPad. So on Tuesday we'll have a plan of what the week needs to be. And then you just kind of do some things to practice, play a midweek game home or away. And then, a, the tournament on the weekend or conference uh, on the weekend, which was three games, Friday, Saturday, Sunday, and some are at home, some are on the road. And just that was it till the postseason at the end of the year. Right on. I've, so, I've always wanted to, I, I always want to know that actually. Um, little thing that we, yeah. end, we end, we end the podcast with here, Sean. It's uh, yep. it's, we call it player association. I'm going to, uh, I'm going to throw a few names to you. And you can say as much or as little about them as you want. Okay. All right. First, we're, we're going to start with Mark Sorensen. Uh, the, the best in the game. He was the best. I learned so much from him. I'll say a lot about him because uh, when I get to New Zealand with him, uh, I, I learned how to train. I learned how to prepare. I learned how to, I just, why I took it all. My, I took wise, wide open, learned so much from him, learned how to be a professional, learned to be a professional hitter how to study the pitchers, how to obviously pick pitches and just carry myself at a whole nother level. And then he was, he was somebody, I don't know if he realized the impact he had on me, but I paid attention and just tried to do a lot of things that I saw him do. And, but, uh, he was a good friend and was when we left and when he went back and, but, uh, learned a lot from him. One of the, the, the best, I thought the best hitter, the best person up in the moment. Awesome. Next we have uh, Z man, Darren Zach. <laughs> Z was the best pitcher I faced. Um, and I actually had success off him. I, there was a couple pitchers I didn't, but, uh, what a great guy, just, uh, absolute, uh, you know, I don't know how many times you hear, Hey pal, Hey pal, you know, his catchphrase, everybody <laughs> that's been around him goes, Hey pal, you kind of get where you start saying it, but, uh, <laughs> great competitor. Um, got to be on a couple teams with him, got to see him be a leader and just really good friend. Good guy. Awesome. Awesome. Uh, next one is, uh, April Sutherland. (laughs) My all American. Oh, that, that one threw me off a little bit. Um, (laughs) just great hard worker. Um, I just put so much time into, um, into what she did. And I'm forever grateful for, she had Florida state, I think, or they were interested. She had Cal, she had Northwestern, Iowa, Texas, A&M. She had all those schools after her and she took a chance to come with me in Boston. Wow. And played awesome. 
awesome, awesome career, broke every record, all American. The the year, her senior year, her no, her junior year, the all, outfield all American were Arizona, Stanford, and Boston University. That was the three <laughs> outfield all Americans that year. Wow. She had twenty some home runs. Yeah. Wow. Just a phenomenal kid and player and She's still in Boston now. I, I went up. She got inducted in the Hall of Fame, and I went up to her Hall of Fame induction um, a few years back or while I was still coaching then. And just so really was my big marquee kid that probably shouldn't have been at Boston University and took a chance with me and had a great career and great story for all the kids that think they have to be at the number one school and the highest ranked. This kid turned down a lot of those and kind of found a fit and what she wanted. And it was a great, great career for her. Real good. That's awesome. Uh, last one, uh, you know, her pretty well, <laughs> Maggie Hawkins, Maggie, my assistant. <laughs> yeah. Maggie played, she transferred, um, transferred from Hofstra for us at, and came to NC state and, you know, kind of made a name and she had a great year of senior year, but she hit the most famous home run in state history, a walk off to send us to super regionals. So, and then, then I end up hiring her and she's working with me now and gives instruction and lessons. So, um, just really good kid. Um, great family. I know her dad really well. Um, tailgates, uh, loves, he's a Ravens fan. And so, uh, they, we talked football season and even before she came here and now working with me, uh, I talked to her and then my old pitcher, Emily Wyman, the two, they're both another all from Maryland. So they're all Ravens fans. So we were all back and forth football season just, uh, but, uh, um, Maggie was, it was, you know, she had a lot of opportunities to go different places and it worked out well. And, you know, for me, kind of changed a part of my history by coming to state and hitting that home run and getting us to the super regional. So it was, you know, a great moment for me and somebody that, you know, is a good friend of mine now and we have a good working relationship, a good friendship and um, just kind of, kind of cool that it turned out that way. Right on. Well, Sean, I got to thank you for coming on. This has been fantastic. I mean, I hope you and I are sitting here and usually we, we got to struggle to <laughs> struggle to, get questions together and everything, but you, man, you went, you walked right through this. Uh, actually, I, I want to thank you very much. Yeah. yeah no worries. I, I got a few interviews under my belt over the years. Yeah. I, I'd say. yeah I, I, I love the game. I, I really did. I, I just got to miss, I miss the guys though. I do. I will yeah. much as anything. Todd Martin called me a couple about a month ago, I guess. And we were talking about his daughter and we, we just talked for a long time and it was just, I miss, you know, there's such a part of our life. I saw Brian Patton, uh, post this once. And he says, yeah, it was, it was the best time of our lives. Mm. And it, and it's not downplaying your family and your kids, but that stretch from 20 years old to 35 years old, it really was, it yep. was the best time of my life to be with that. And that lifestyle that I was in, you know, you hear somebody talk about, Oh, I love being in college, that college life. Mine got to last for about 18, 19 years of ISCs. And that, that was my life. You know, I had the college life in a different way, not the partying and that stuff, but just the playing that thing I loved for about 20 years almost. And yep. that yep. was my life. And so that, it was, I missed that part of it. I missed mm -hmm. the guys, the friendships, the, the people, the people you don't know. Hey, I saw you play 10 years ago and you had these three hits and blah, blah, blah. And you won the game and this and that. And you're like, Oh yeah. I've been following you ever since. I'm like, I, you're like, wow. 
some guy in the Midwest, you yeah. have no idea. And he's talking about following you every day. And oh, I saw you going to this team and I was excited because I like that team and I always root for him when we're at the IC and like, you know, people made it a every year they trekked in and their Winnebago's and that. And to, it was, it was just cool, that lifestyle. So I, I missed that part a lot and and the friendships with the guys and, and just the hotels and the mm-hmm. camaraderie, all that stuff, the dugouts, the game I missed too, but it's those guys and the friendships and all that. I, it's hard because they're all over the world. It's not like we're all in the same neighborhood anymore. No. Yep. You know, we're all over the world and it's hard to kind of connect to them all. Yep. For sure. All right, Sean. Thanks. Thanks again, man. This is, this has been awesome. All the best with uh, the softball Academy going forward and, uh, and best of luck at your football pool tonight. <laughs> <laughs> thanks. Hopefully I get a few winners. I appreciate being on. I, you guys are great. Good for the game though. Thank you very much. All right, Sean. Sean thank care. you. Thanks buddy. Thank all you. right. Take thanks. care. Man. Yeah. That was easy on us. Yeah, why did you even invite me here today? <laughs> <laughs> great talker. Oh man, that oh, was great. Yeah. That was awesome. Lots of great, great stories, man. Yeah. Well, like you said, he, he's done a few interviews. He's yeah. had a few under his belt. For yeah. Sure. Yeah. That guy's career's sick. Yeah. Not to mention his coaching career. Like it's just yep. opportunity, man. That's so nice. Yeah. Being able to, you Wouldn't know, love to do that. That'd be amazing. Yeah. Unreal. I mean, we, we were talking about this at the ball field yesterday yeah, we were, with, with yeah. Jeff Frazier and yeah. saying, you know, to be able to coach NCAA and have that as your job. But I mean, he brought up some good points about, you know, it's a, it's a full-time job. Yeah. yeah it's not all peaches and cream. It's, yeah, yeah. Yeah. You're busy. Yeah. You're, you're definitely busy, but See uh, how I had peaches on my mind there. Yeah. <laughs> peaches. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> that was in the same territory. Good throw there. <laughs> yeah. All right, man. Well, I guess we're down for another week. Uh, yeah. See what happens next week, I guess. Okay, my friend. All I'll right. See you at the ball field. Everybody uh, out there, have a great week and uh, stay, safe. stay safe. See Cheers. Ya.
Christmas and that's a damn good day to me Said I'm feeling brand new, like no I can't lose And that's a damn good day to me And that's a damn good day to me Pick it up, pick it up Nah, we ain't slowing down Pick, pick it up, pick yeah. it up I'm yeah. that tall skinny white dude Born and raised out in Enfield Is where I'm still living today Nah, I never went Hollywood, heaven forbid And I'm big up to my hometown for letting me live I'm feeling it and feeling energized Like I worked out and got some exercise It's that game winning goal It's getting home from work It's smelling your Are you downsizing? Maybe need more room because of additions to the family, or possibly seeking that dream home you've always wanted. Well, Tim Eisner at Royal LePage Atlantic is the guy for you. With a proven track record and multiple awards, Tim goes above and beyond to find out your needs and exactly what you're looking for. So if you're seeking a new home or trying to sell your current one, contact Tim at 902-499-5717 or check him out on Facebook at Tim Eisner. Again, that's 902 902- 499-5717. Trust me, when all is said and done, we'll be saying Tim Eisner strikes again.